Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, you want to talk football, Wolf? Why don't we talk football? Ship. We have AQ Shipley joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. AQ, thank you for the time. How are you doing today? I'm great, boys. How we doing? We're doing good, Ship. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, we'll start with Paris Johnson Jr. You know, we're going to ask you about him. I guess I would just go big picture with with him. What do you see? I mean, for the most part, he was considered, what, the top one or, or two offensive linemen in this draft, and the Cardinals obviously value that. Yeah, I took a look at I took a look at uh, probably the top five in each position. I had him as two for me, but a lot of people had him as one. I like him. I just... Um, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be really good. He's athletic. I, I I I like the physicality more. The kid from Tennessee, Darnell Wright, but um, I think this kid's got everything. I had my comp as DJ Humphreys, and if you get DJ Humphreys out of this kid, I mean that's a that's a win every day of the week. I feel like. So, Ship, what do you think he's going to have to work on at the next level, Paris Johnson well, Jr.? Yeah, I think I think he's super long. I think he's super athletic. I think based on. Um, I think based on his athletic ability and kind of he's not a 335 guy, right? Like he's a 315 guy, maybe 310-ish, right? And so I think when he gets that first that first Randy Gregory bull rush or that first, you know, somebody off the edge, Brandon Graham, who's a nice long-arm, you know, two-hand bull rush guy, I think it's going to take him a little bit to just kind of figure out how to sit and anchor on those bull rushes at this level. He'll, he'll figure it out. I mean, the best way to do it is trial by fire. Talking to AQ Shipley, uh, AQ, more just a, a general question. When you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, does it does it influence what sort of offensive lineman you need? Like when you're, when you're looking at a draft, are you looking at a certain type of offensive lineman over another type, or is it just simply who's the best? Yeah, I think I think it's at the end of the day. Like, I mean, if you, if I think Kyler would be the first to tell you, he don't want to sit there and scramble and run around. So, I think if you got five studs like they got in Philadelphia, yeah, Jalen will make some plays with his legs. But I mean, at the end of the day, those, I mean, he can just sit back there and play seven on seven all day long. And that's honestly what I think every quarterback wants to do. Now, the added bonus is a lot of these guys now can run right, and that that can get you out of trouble, which is awesome. But like, yeah, I don't think it, I think at the end of the day, you're just trying to get the best guys, and I think. Uh, you know, whether it was 1A or 1B between him and Darnell, like I think I mean, you, the Cardinals got a great one. They obviously fell in love with their guy. It's no different than – I mean, you could you could look at 30 different teams' draft boards and, you know, one person might have him. They they might fall in love. Like Arizona might fell in love with this kid, and another team might not even have him in their top four, right? Like everybody's got different views on how they see it, but I think pretty consensusly. I mean, I think you saw this kid anywhere between one and two, like you said, and I think uh, I think they got a great pick. They traded back. They got what they wanted. And, um, yeah, I think I think it's a good fit. The interesting point is, is where he's going to play. Yeah. I don't know if you guys got any clarification on that yet. No, ship. That is exactly what I was going to ask you. How would you handle him? You got Calvin Beecham out there at right tackle. You've got DJ Humphreys at left tackle right now. So it seems like you're pretty set there. You got Will Hernandez at guard as well. You would you not throw him over at left guard and say have at it? Would you start him there? How would you handle it? Yeah, so that's an interesting. And like honestly, like when uh, when I was on the air last night and that pick came through, I was kind of it surprised me a little bit. I mean, I thought when they traded back, it was like okay, we'll trade back and see. And then they trade back up and get him. And I'm like, I, I thought the same thing that you did, right? DJ's locked up. 
Um, they just re-signed Beach, and Beach is a 13-year guy that I, obviously you re-sign him for a reason. Now, again, but at the end of the day, too, then now my head flips, and you don't draft a guy six overall to sit and learn for a year. You don't draft a guy six overall to play a position that he's not comfortable with. So there had to have been some conversations. I'm just curious to what the conversations were. I don't know what that is. But, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you want to get the best five available. And I know he's got position flexibility because he's played multiple positions at Ohio State and played them all well, obviously. But it's a different world at this level, right? Like, if you're if you're a natural left and they want you to move into – or if you're a natural right tackle or a left tackle and they, they say, hey, move into guard, and things don't – I mean, it's a different game inside. Wolf, you know that. Yeah. It's a different game, especially at this level. Much more different at this level inside than it is at the college level. So, you know, you have to get 100% buy-in. I think that's – that's but, but always Ship, key whenever you're doing that. Ship, would you agree, though, that playing tackle is more difficult than playing guard? Yeah, I would. I mean, okay. I 100%, because you yeah. you're, you're getting the you're getting the best. It's a different it's a different game, I guess, is the best way to. I think it's more difficult, yes, I, to answer your question. I think it's more difficult to play tackle, but I think it's a thousand times more physical to play inside mm-hmm. in this level, if that makes sense. Right. Don't ache you, so you're, you're getting guys that are trying to right. take your soul, right? <laughs> versus versus other guys that you know, those edge guys, they sure. wanna they wanna they, sure. they wanna finesse you a little bit. Shouldn't we all be trying to do that though? I don't care if you play wide receiver. Shouldn't you all be trying to do it? Yes. Absolutely, Wolf. That's that's the world we came from. That I love that world. Beautiful. Uh AQ, yeah. sticking with that, if the plan, and I don't know if this is it, but if the plan is to have him play guard for a while and then eventually move out to left tackle or something, is that is that damaging? I mean, if playing left tackle or right tackle is is, is tougher, it's at least different. Is that damaging to a, a young player's development? I don't necessarily think it's damaging by any means. I just don't think it's again, like I think I think you should put priority. If you're drafting a kid six overall, you should you should want to put him in one place and stick him in one place and keep him there. I think that's so. I think that's obviously going to be the plan. I really do. Like I don't think I don't think they drafted him six overall to sit there and be like, oh, well, we're going to start him at this position and in two years we'll move him out to that position. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. I don't foresee that being what their plan is. So, like I said, it'll be interesting to see kind of if if they decide guards the answer, then I think your guards where you're going to see him his whole career. If they decide tackles the answer. I think that's where you're going to see him his whole career. I don't think it's necessarily damaging, but you know, I do think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's big to to when you take a kid six to give him the confidence to feel comfortable early in his career. I do believe that. Ship, who do you think is the best center in this draft? Best center in this draft? Yes. So, well, if I don't love this draft period for offensive line, but if I had to say. Best center, probably Tipman from Wisconsin. Okay. Um, I think Tipman, and then probably like a 1B as well. I like him a lot as well as John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. Okay. Those are my two guys that I liked at center, and honestly, have, have you seen I, this? I don't, I don't love anyone else in the draft at center. I really don't. Okay, so for me right now, the Arizona Cardinals at 33. <laughs> you don't see them taking a center at 33. Yeah. So when when's their next pick? Do they got one in the second? Yes. Yeah, number thirty. I mean, I think both these guys go in the second. So if they if they can get one of these two guys in the second, <laughs> um, just go I think and, they'd be I think they'd be thrilled. And I think I think you you probably got to try and do that in their case. Um, what if they were to take if, a guy if, like Osiris Torrance? Would you be on board with that? <laughs> I'd love that. So here's game. my comp to Osiris Torrance, and I'm actually really good friends with 
the O-line coach down at Florida, you probably know the name, played played with the Steelers a little bit, won a Super Bowl in 05, um, Darnell Stapleton. Yes. So he's the O-line coach down there. I talked to Darnell, and Darnell compared him to another guy I played with and got drafted into Pittsburgh with, Ramon Foster. So oh. that's kind of – that's who you'd be getting with him. He's Now, now the, the, the issue, I think, with him – in this system, which I'm assuming this system that they're going to be running is similar to Philly's system, I would have to assume. Still going to be the spread stuff with Kyler, blah, 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 right? And, you know, and then you see a lot of zone scheme stuff with that. I don't think he's a zone guy. I think he's more of a get him in a New Orleans style, and he's running duo and power and lead and all that good stuff. I think he's going to be a people mover. He's going to be good in pass pro because he just swallows people up. But I don't necessarily – think he's got the best feet in the world to sit there and be running, you know. No, but he's nasty, Shep. 15 zone read like Philly's running. Yeah. I'll take nasty, baby. Thank you. We appreciate this, man. We appreciate the insight and everything. Gives us stuff to look for tonight, too. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun couple days. Yeah. For sure. That's uh, it's AQ Shipley right there, of course, former Arizona Cardinal Center. And and I, I like to get that sort Shit. of – I knew you were going to ask him about I, I Just the interior offensive lineman of this draft, I, I just love picking his brain. Nobody better to talk to. Tipman is still out there, and they, they only have one second-round pick. Everywhere you look, he's probably not going to last to the third. Um there's you have to guys. think right now. What do you think, though? You have to think corner, right? Man, there's a Joey, the Joey Porter Jr. Is just kind of hanging out out there. <laughs> just take all the juniors. All right, score the uh, hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name starting next Wednesday during the 7 a.m., noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns take on the Denver Nuggets. Again, that's ticket to 620-620. When we come back... Did the future of DeAndre Hopkins with the Cardinals take another weird plot twist last night? We'll explain. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, the biggest story going into last night, at least was going to be what the Cardinals did with number three overall. Were they going to stay there? Were they going to trade down? Were they going to trade down and trade up, which is what they ultimately did? But the secondary story going into last night, Wolf, and and one that took a few twists with the Lamar Jackson news yesterday afternoon, was what's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about it yesterday. You know, are they no. gonna, is he going to get traded? You know, before the first round starts, he get traded during the first round. I kind of tended to believe he might get traded today, most likely because those teams that are kind of on the fringe would see if they got a receiver in the first round. Yeah, but it's today. He hasn't been traded, and Monty Austin Ford actually gave some answers. But, but, but he will be traded, right? I, well. Okay, so we had Monty Austin Fort on the draft show last night. You were on with us at this point, and just asked him, "Okay, are there any updates on uh, on DeAndre Hopkins or Buda Baker, for that matter?" This is what he had to say. No, no, nothing, nothing really to add. Um, you know, both guys are uh, uh, members of the team, and we're excited to have them. And um, you know, that's that's kind of we're we're the same. We're moving forward. Okay, that's great. And, okay, and, and, I, and I hope that when you say that about Buda, you are sincere, and he's going to stay here. And I hope yes. when you say that about Hop, you're saying it to get the Buffalo Bills to call you. By the way, was that your question? 
That was, was my question. Okay, that was yours. Okay, good question. Because I genuinely well, wanted to well know. Well done, right there. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate he kind of shot you down, but well he done. Did, he it did. was kind of like, like, no, no, there's no, there's no no, chance, no, no, Luke. Not at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what well, are you talking about? Then we'll see. We'll call him back if he gets traded. Uh, but then also in his, uh, his media availability at the draft in Kansas City, he had this to say about a Hopkins trade. You know, I, I, don't, I don't foresee that happening. Um, you know, I, I don't know what is going to happen here in the next couple of days. Um, right now, I don't, foresee, I don't foresee that happening. No. Let's just read into this. Is he saying he doesn't foresee that happening ever? Or he doesn't foresee that happening during the draft? Yes. Uh, you know what? Uh, that's for you to interpret, Luke. And that's exactly what I hear Monty Ossenfort saying to the NFL world. That, that's that's for you to interpret yeah. what it is that I'm saying right now. You don't think I'm, I'll do it? You don't think I'll... Wait a minute. You think the pressure point... The pressure point of this... What, you think I'm going to make a move before the second round? I'm not going to do it. We'll eat it right now. D-Hop will come back and he will be a Cardinal. Isn't that right? That part I don't believe. The, Eric DaCosta. D-Hop's going to come back and be a Cardinal. But he had more to say. Uh, more from Monty Austinfort. When you said you don't foresee anything happening with DeAndre, are you saying tonight or just through the entire draft? Uh, through the entire draft, yeah. Okay, so through the entire draft. <laughs> and then one more don't. from Monty. Absolutely. DeAndre's a Cardinal, so... DeAndre's a Cardinal, and um, we're moving forward. Now, I think we all heard, yeah, Josh Rosen's our quarterback, right? Cliff Kingsbury takes over. But there was a for now thrown in there at the end. Josh Rosen is our quarterback for now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, But it was, this is, yeah, this is a little more, I I guess, convincing or meant to be convincing. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I've been doing the show with you, Wolf, but I heard all that last <laughs> night as we're not trading him until Buffalo or Kansas City calls with a better off. Listen, uh, right now I'm not saying that Monty Ossenford is being disingenuous, but what I am saying right now is he's posturing. That's what I believe is going on. He's posturing when when we look at it. for. Hey, we'll see. We'll see if they actually... Uh, come to some type of agreement with D-Hop. But that, when I heard that right there, that first cut you played specifically, mm-hmm. I heard a general manager basically saying, you don't think we're going to do it? <laughs> we'll do it. We'll show you. We'll do Oh, you're, you, that's what you want to give us right now? Oh, you backed off a little bit? Watch this. Because <laughs> we'll do it. We'll eat it. We'll do the exact thing you don't want us to. What do if we you have don't, to lose? If you don't believe me, Watch this. <laughs> We're not going to the playoffs next year anyway. We're crazy. We'll do whatever I, I, it takes. That's what I'm t- You're so crazy. <laughs> I like that. Uh, if you were wondering, like I was going into the first round last night, how many teams that have been kind of loosely linked to DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> went ahead and got a first round receiver. All the receivers in the first round last night, and this was kind of weird, went Right in a row. There was four of them right in a row. No no receiver went to pick 20. Then the Seahawks took Jackson Smith and Jigba. The Chargers took Quentin Johnston, who I really wanted the Cardinals to get in the second round. Yes. Baltimore took Zay Flowers. Minnesota took Jordan Addison out of USC. I would say of those four teams, the only one that we had heard ever linked to, to DeAndre Hopkins was Baltimore. Yes. So does Zay Flowers going to Baltimore, in your mind, take them out of the running for him because, again, the story with Lamar yesterday, there were reports out there that that certainly indicated Lamar sort of structured his deal in a way that would allow them to get DeAndre Hopkins. We know he said a while back he wanted Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins. They sure. got him Odell. 
So do you think Baltimore is just not on the list realistically at this point because they just took a receiver with their first round No, I don't think so. I think they're on the list big time right there. And oh, by the way, the only thing better than Zay Flowers is D-Hop operating underneath of Zay Flowers. (laughs) Pretty good receiving core. Oh, my goodness. With Odell? With Odell. I'm just saying right now, oh, baby. Zay Flowers, this is a guy that can run. It reminds me an awful lot, actually, of Hollywood Brown. 5'10", 172 pounds. Would you say Hollywood's kind of slight as well? Yeah. Yeah, can run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, to me, this does not preclude the Baltimore Ravens from acquiring D-Hop. As a matter of fact, I, I'll continue to say this. There's a lot of smoke around the Baltimore Ravens and D-Hop and the Arizona Cardinals. And where there's smoke, we all know. There's fire. Let's just play this out, though, for a second, because I know a lot of fans... Don't want to trade DeAndre Hopkins. Keep in mind, as I say that, base Onions, I was the guy that said the Indianapolis Colts also. We're going to move up to number three, and it was a done deal. I think you owe Aaron money. I I, I think so. I think you do. I, I think I do. I was so sure. She was like, I'm not going to take I your money. Believe, That's not, but I think I think you owe her money. I, I can't even believe you didn't rip that because I thought that was, I said, I, something profound at the time. You were very. I, I said, I'll guarantee you. Yeah. That, you did. did I not you say did. that? You were like, Why I've got, you not, you've got money that will, that, yeah, you look, were like ready to back it up. And I was like, I'm not taking your money. And Aaron was like, whatever. You know wrong. what, Basin, it just feels so good. It really does. I'm wrong every day. I want to be fair more than anything else. That's what I want. I'd rather be fair than good, right? I'd rather be fair than right. I kid you not. I'd rather people look at me and say, at least fair. That's what he is. Right or wrong? Up or down? Good or right? Or bad? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good or right? Weird. Left or good bad? Or be- yes, exactly. <laughs> that You know what that is? That's called getting 12 hours of sleep in the last three nights. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> since since you're now weakened by your lack of sleep, let me ask you this hypothetical, okay? Okay. Because I do know a lot Are of fans. Are we back now? A lot Everybody, of yes. fans don't want to trade DeAndre Hopkins because they see one of the best receivers in the NFL and they don't want to trade him. Is there any way he realistically is coming back and playing yes. for this team next year? I yes. mean, I don't, yes. I don't I, buy it. Okay, I, I, give it, buy I give it 7%. I give it less than 7. <laughs> okay, it's less? Yes. You're gonna go, I'm going to go 3.8% okay, chance. 3.8? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 7%. 7% chance. And the the entire 7%, 100% of the 7% is going to be, I know, <laughs> is going to be the, the Arizona Cardinals, JG, of course, and Monty Ford saying, you're going to practice on Wednesday, okay? And if if but if Hop says, "Hey, what if we? Yeah, but what if Hop says, okay, I get it. I'll, I'll come back for that. That's why it's seven percent. <laughs> okay, that's why there's ninety three percent chance that it, it's it's a done deal and Hop is gone. Okay, I said seven percent. Okay. okay, and a hundred percent of that seven percent is contingent it, on him practicing a hundred percent of the time. Okay, <laughs> that's what it's got to be right there. So. I, I still think, based on means, based on the cut that Luke played of Monty, the first cut that he played, oh, man, that sounded like he said to me, you don't think we'll do it? <laughs> you don't think we'll swallow this thing? Oh, we're crazy. What happened to Pac-Man Jones' sources? Sources. sources. Yeah, what happened to them? I, they're still out there, Luke. Okay. Something happened. He got a text, and suddenly it changed everything. 
including his mood. How great would it be if, if Monty was, was answering those calls, though, and he was doing that like, we're crazy. We'll keep him. I'll just keep him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you hear the cut I had last night? What do you think of that, Eric DaCosta? We're not winning the Super Bowl next year. I'll take everybody down with me. Text us your thoughts <laughs> to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, all right, Suns Nuggets, game one tomorrow. What matchups are you looking for? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. Kind of makes you laugh right there at the big end, right? This is one of those songs where I feel like if I talk too early, everybody's going to be like, now nah, I have to go listen to that song. <laughs> it's like halfway stuck in my head. All right, Suns uh, Nuggets. Not right about now, actually. Tomorrow is 530. You know, um, a lot of talk about the DeAndre and Nikola Jokic matchup. Yeah. Rightfully so. Right. right? I mean, if you... If you if you can't slow down Jokic, this is going to be a real tough series. If you can slow down Jokic, I don't think it's going to be a very tough series. Now, it's that's much easier said than done to slow him down. Uh, but another matchup, and our own Kellen Olsen wrote this in his uh, his second preview piece uh, of this series. Uh, I believe it dropped yesterday in the middle of all the, the draft stuff. But he brings up an interesting point, Wolf, that I, I would take even one step further. When you're talking about who's going to stop Jamal Murray... Maybe Devin Booker's that guy. Yeah. Devin Booker, a couple years ago, you would never think like, oh, yeah, he, Book, Book, you just play offense, okay? And you play some defense when you can, but we're not going to put you on anybody great with our season on the line. I mean, Devin Booker has gotten a lot better defensively, and especially in the last round, that, that was on display. Can they really ask him to go out there and be the guy that, yeah, can you give us 40 a couple times in this series? Oh, and also, can you slow down Jamal Murray on yeah. the defensive side? I mean, if he can do that. I mean, that to me, both ways, on both ends, that to me is going to be really interesting to see how often that's the case. He would be dominating at that point, yes, playing both ends of he the would be. He would be, but can you imagine that? Do you put that outside of the reach of Devin Booker? I do not. No, I think we're actually going to see it. I, I know. I'm with you on that. We are going to see it, obviously, at some point in time. But I just wonder I, at, I'm, I wonder how much, to what degree, are we going to see that? Well, that's, that's fascinating. There, there is a certain point where can you ask Devin Booker to do all the great things he does and then also run point book and then also defend Jamal Murray? And with, <laughs> I mean, at a certain you got him some help when you brought in Kevin Durant. I understand all the great things he has done his whole career got a lot easier when KD got here. But can you also ask him to run point book and defend Jamal Murray? And if you can and he does it and this team goes past this round and beyond, Here's, you're talking about the best player in the playoffs. Here's the best news right here. Um, it's not out of his reach by any stretch of the imagination. That is the best news about this. When you talk about Devin Booker, could you see him doing it? Yeah, I could. Would it take a toll? Yeah, it would. Can he walk through it? Yeah. Don't bet against him. He could do it. This is why it was so big to win against the Clippers in five. Because if you ask him to do all that, and he does it, and you beat Denver... 
you still need him against Golden State or the Lakers or whoever they're playing after that, right? He can't just be like, well, you did such a great job against Jamal and you, you know, you, you broke 40 a couple times and you were running point book. Go ahead and take this series off. We'll be fine. You can't do that. Yes. So that's why it was so important, especially if he's going to be playing 44 or 45 minutes. This is like the guy, person at your office where they're just like, uh, yeah, we'll just make him do it. I'll just, yeah, here's more work. Here, can you do four people's jobs? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, this is Devin He's Booker. He's young enough, though, Luke, once again, where I think he can still do it. I'm not saying I, he can't do yeah. it. I'm just saying it's a big ask. Yes. Um, this is uh, Booker talking about the Nuggets. I mean, they've been one of the best teams in you know, the NBA th- this year. Uh, obviously, Jamal's back. You know, uh, a part of them that we haven't seen much of. But, you know, we got to be ready for that. Like you said, the head of the snake is Jokic, and it makes everything easier for everybody else. They play fast in transition. Did he just say the head of the snake right he there? He did. <laughs> okay, I love the analogy, and it really is. I mean, this it's so easy for us to understand. There's a snake. Look, everybody's coiling. Um, cut off its head, and that snake will metaphorically die. Well, actually, literally, no, actually, if you do yeah. it. Yeah, if you do, cut off. Have you ever done that, by the way? Um, can I just tell you right now? I have let him That doesn't know. shock me at all. Do you mean today or just in No, general? as a matter of fact, uh, back when we first got here, when you move here to Arizona from back east, of course, one of the biggest shocks is you have rattlesnakes in your yard. Look, it's a rattlesnake. It is a wake-up call. I'll yeah, you, that, you're, yeah. You know, you're not in a covered wagon somewhere, okay? <laughs> and you just don't expect it to be in your backyard. No, well, you don't expect scorpions in your house either. Well, you know what? Bob Clasby, of course, was from Boston, and I was from Buffalo, and we first moved here all the way back in 1980. <laughs> we moved back. He had a rake. I had a golf club. We killed a rattlesnake. Cut its head off. Okay, so I get the analogy once again. It really means he something. He had a rake. I had a he golf club. He had a rake. Club. He pinned it down. I cut its head off. Okay, Pete is going to be all over me at at the same I time. It was a rattlesnake. Right we had now. little kids walking around our yard. Sorry about it. We weren't going to leave that up to chance, if you know what I so mean. So calm down, Peter. So, absolutely. So I get that. And yet the terminology is, <laughs> it's so aggressive. The head of the snake, D.A. The head of the snake, DeAndre Aiden. The head of the snake. This series is going to come down to toughness. This is my own belief. They're two very, very talented teams. Two hyper-talented teams. The difference is going to be the team that is going to be tougher. And when I think about that, I think of defense and I think of rebounding and I think of DeAndre Aiden. Well, both these teams are in a better place than they were when they played two years ago. Denver's got Jamal Murray. The Suns have been to the NBA Finals, and they've also added Kevin Durant. So both of these teams, this the, just the level of play in this series on both sides should be better than it was two years ago. Now you talk about DeAndre Ayton and the challenge of facing Nikola Jokic. Here's Devin Booker on that matchup. I mean, that's step one, just embracing it. It's a tough matchup. You can't get you can't get too concerned when he makes tough shots. You know, I think the biggest problem is when he has it going, and he's making sure everybody everybody else has it going too. So, and he has the ability to do that because he draws that much attention. So, just try to make it tough on him. 
Here's campaign, same topic. Uh, I feel like DA embraced the challenge uh, big time. Like he's ready to go. Um, I know we played him uh, maybe the year before last in the, in the playoffs, and uh, I feel like DA did a pretty good job. Um, just kind of things we do, like like we're gonna help D- DA a lot. But like DA does does his thing, man. He be holding it down a lot. I just man wants to keep going, man. But we gotta defend him as a team. He ain't out there on the island. We gotta defend him as a team. Ever freak out when they talk to players or coaches on the Suns individually and they use the same terminology? Yeah. Like embracing the challenge. Yeah. yeah. Makes you think they have meetings. It's like they right? talk to each other <laughs> or something. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they do have meetings, of course. This is what happens right here. But I love that. You've got um, you've got somebody who speaks it, and then you have to absorb it and go out and model it. Now you've got to do it. This is what's coming up. Oh, my goodness. Tomorrow. Tomorrow night it's no, coming finally. up. It's game yeah. one. Game one of round two with the Denver Nuggets. How jacked up is your Saturday night going to be because of that? <laughs> game one, Saturday, 5.30 start, too. So you could still have a Saturday night after that. It like hit me all like of a sudden. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't know why. Maybe it's the draft. It's the draft. The, draft, the draft was just, it was it was piling on me. And it was piling on. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's gone. Have you looked at the, the rest the of the smoke schedule? The smoke is clear. The schedule for this series gets weird. It does why? Well, they, okay, so Monday, game two. In, okay, you know, yeah, that seems right. Uh, you play, and then yeah. a day off, uh, and you, you play, play. And then game three would be... Uh, uh, Wednesday. No, it's Friday. What? <laughs> All of next week off, basically. Yes, wow. Uh, which might not be the worst thing for Chris Paul. we got to see how the first two games of the series go. Uh, then game four is uh, is Sunday here uh, at Footprint Center, and then, yeah, then it goes on to a normal rotation, basically, for five, six, and an extra day before game seven, if it goes that far um this is going to be this is going to be an interesting series that i think everybody went in pretty pretty consistently confident that they were going to beat the clippers last round right yeah. even after they lost game one okay maybe you saw more people like this maybe this team isn't ready yet but going into that series you feel like 95 percent of the valley expected the suns to win that series i feel like yes. with the nuggets it's kind of closer to like maybe 60 40 Oh, this is, um, I think you're right about that, really, going into this right now. Um, I don't know why. I'm more confident, more confident that they're going to beat the Denver Nuggets than I was with Kawhi and the Clippers. I don't love the matchup for Denver. I, I don't. I, I feel like you were saying earlier, and, and they're different teams, obviously, because the Suns don't have a Jokic, but some of the stuff the Nuggets want to do, I just feel like the Suns do it better. Yeah, and it doesn't. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I think, like you said, the talent. I think the Suns are the more talented team, more talented than the Denver Nuggets' talent. Yet both of them are not very tough teams, at least when you ask other people in the association who's some of the toughest teams. You don't think of the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. You don't think of those teams first. You don't. I don't think you're going to out. And yet that's what it's going to come down to. Unless maybe you're Golden State. All right, let's um, you know, take some calls. Oh, let's man. Take some calls about football is here coming up. Is it that time? It is that time. This was your idea. Okay. okay. So we're going to do a listeners only meeting. I just wanted to hear this right here. A little rage. All right, you dance. I'm going to make sure I, I read this first. Put it in there. 
Cardinals just drafted uh, All-American offensive lineman Paris Johnson Jr. with the sixth pick last night. We're giving you the chance to be the first to own his jersey in the new Cardinals threads. Just text DRAFT to 620-620 for your chance to win a Paris Johnson Jr. Cardinals jersey again. That's DRAFT to 620-620. When we come back, 602-260-9870. Listeners only meeting. How do you feel about the roller coaster ride that was night one of the Cardinals draft? What are your early impressions now of Lonnie Austin for? Give us everything you got. Who do you want him to take tonight at pick 33? 602-260-9870. Listeners only meeting next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, here we go. Put out the call for some uh, some listener feedback on what you saw during the first round of the draft last night. It was a roller coaster ride. 602-260-9870. Ready, Wolf? Yeah, I'm ready right now. I put the flat boots on today, just so you know, based on what means the flat boots are being worn here in studio in honor of Monty Austin Ford. We're going to brawl on a Saturday night. I'm all jacked up, man. Honestly, right now, it is Friday. We get that. Um, this day two of the NFL draft. And tomorrow, the draft continues. And so do the Suns. All right, let's get to some of these calls. Mike and Tempe. Mike, you're on the Wolf and Luke show. What's going on? Hey, guys. Happy, happy Friday. You want yeah, to hey, listen, first of all, I'd like to say, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know if I'm getting old, but everyone listens. I've got this. I just bought this brand new Corvette and they're like, what? That's an awesome system. What do you listen to? I said, I listen to Wolfley all day, every day. So, huge fan, buddy. I probably vote for you from governor. Oh, that's awesome. Really, dude. What do you got for us, awesome Well, I'll tell you. So I, uh, I was uh, pretty excited to uh, see them move down in the draft. I uh, I was a little hesitant when they moved back up into the draft because I thought that there was a lot of uh, offensive tackles available still, and I wanted two early picks in the second round. But I haven't really heard of a lot of people talking about just what that pick could turn into for next year. That Texas, their uh, the Texans' first round pick, That's, that could be one, two, or three. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're right about that, man. You're right about that, and that's the big thing about this. Thank you, Mike, for yep, your call. Appreciate we it, appreciate Mike. it. That is a big deal, the fact that you're probably looking, I think it's safe to say, at a top-five pick. Yeah, which... Um, it wasn't the Browns' pick. It was Houston's pick. I guess I, I don't want to say I'm surprised that Houston was willing to part with that because they were already getting C.J. Stroud, and Will Anderson might be the best player in this draft, but... Now that it's been, you know, 12, 15 hours, I am a little surprised that the Cardinals, again, I know there was a bunch of other moving parts, but to drop down three spots and get the guy they clearly wanted anyway, picked up potentially, let's say, the third pick in the draft next I know, year. Right. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I thought that was. What if it's the was... first pick? I mean, Houston's <laughs> starting a rookie quarterback. What if, what if the Cardinals are sitting there next year and whatever the Cardinals pick is, let's say that's number seven, let's just say. And what if they have the first pick because of Houston and Caleb Williams is there? I mean, yeah. you want to play this out? <laughs> like, that's a valuable pick. 
Yeah, no, that's a huge pick right there. It honestly is. Um, they could have two, depending on how this season goes for the Arizona Cardinals, Basinonians. They could have two top five picks. And either way, you probably just acquired at least a top ten pick. At the very, even if if CJ Stroud's amazing, that's probably still a top ten pick. Let's go back out to the phones. Brad in Peoria. Brad, you're on the Wolf and Luke show. What's up, gentlemen? Good afternoon. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I liked what the Cardinals did yesterday. I think that today is actually much more important than yesterday, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I think sitting where we are in the second round, we have the choice of uh, going with the uh, 6'3 cornerback uh, Porter, which I think is a almost a no-brainer kind of a pick. I think it's fantastic, but it's hard to pass up possibly like the best center in the draft to help protect Kyler Murray and to add on to the, uh, to the offensive line. Um, but something that I found so entertaining last night was how many times uh, the word uh, Austin Fort wasn't used, but Williams was. <laughs> As in, like, Monty they Williams? Kept calling, they, they kept calling Monty, Monty Williams, not Monty Austin Fort. I did, thought he was hysterical. Did I do that? I, I don't that, think it was you. Was it, it was I don't not think me. it was you. I don't think I was, it was. Please, yeah, I was going to say, please, you know, any... Anyways, thank you for your call. Thanks, Brad. We appreciate that, Brad. Hey, I want to get to more calls, but what Brad said, Joey Porter Jr., yeah. that's who I want. You know what? Wow. We're, we'll get, we're going to get into that. You want to play some man cover? You want to play some press man? Joey Porter Jr. still be here. Line up and jam that, bro. Yeah, you'd have to write a song about Joey Porter Jr. and Paris Johnson Jr. And the good news for you is you can just remix the Michael Porter Jr. song. Think KD in playoffs. Uh, let's go out to Marcus in Phoenix. Marcus, what's up? Gentlemen, thanks for having me on. Sure. Uh, first thing, I just want to say how much I enjoy the show roundtable that we do every year for the draft and having each one of the different personalities on there. It's a, it's a good different point of view for, for the draft night, and I wish we could do it more often. Maybe you guys should do it for the playoffs for the Suns. Uh, Thank you, bro. Appreciate think, it, good, man. Uh, I think myself, along with the rest of the Red Sea, kind of let out the uh, proverbial moan when we when we traded down and saw that we only got one first rounder for it, and uh, and then Monty Austin Ford did what what we hope he continues to do and, and provided some relief to this organization and uh, traded and, and we made some moves and you know like you guys were saying we might be sitting next year with with two top ten picks in the draft and and able to garner a lot more capital. And I think, uh, you know, this isn't going to be a, a quick fix turnaround. I think Monty Austin Ford is, uh, is playing the long game and setting us up to, to be successful moving forward. So thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Marcus. I appreciate it. Yeah, look, it's, you know, it doesn't have to take years and years and years to turn it around in the NFL in 2023, but you can't really do it in like three weeks, you know, <laughs> especially when your quarterbacks hurt. So if you're going to go into next year's draft with either way, you're going to have two first round picks. And right now, two teams that were picking in the top three this year, um, and they certainly have question marks going into next year. So there's a pretty good chance that you have two top 10 picks, if not two top five picks next year. I know you don't want to look that far ahead, yeah. but just in terms of evaluating what Monty Austin Fort did last night, he allowed you to do that by getting that uh, that Houston first rounder next year. Let's uh, let's go to Cave Creek, Jim in Cave Creek. You're on the Wolf and Luke show. What's up, Jim? Hey guys, uh, I think it's a great pick getting Paris. You you, you got a two hundred ten pound piece of meat sitting there, and it's going to make Kyler feel nice and comfortable. The second part is why in the heck do these guys have to walk a country mile to get to the stage? I mean, I'm not complaining. 
It gives me enough time to go get a beer and come back and watch. I'll listen to you coming out the air. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I like how you made Jim's it. out there at Cave Creek on a Friday. Jim made the best of the situation. He's like, called these guys' names. i got to wait 40 seconds. I'll just go get a beer. I, you know, it is a long walk. It, it really is, like right? Kind of now you go here, you get your hat, you put your hat on. <laughs> I, I understand that, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror. Did you notice that, yeah, too? I mean, but at least they put the right hat on. It's not the NBA where it's like, hey, I'm sorry. I know you just got drafted by the Knicks, but Minnesota yeah. Talked about you three weeks ago, so you have to wear that hat as well. <laughs> like at least the NFL, you wear the hat of the team you got drafted by. Yeah, it was it, it was a long walk, <laughs> but what a cool walk that must be for those young men. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, back to the phone, Steve in Phoenix. Steve, what's going on? Hi, Wolf and Luke. I was ecstatic about the draft pick yesterday. I've always been a believer that you build your team from the foundation outward and the foundation of the trenches, the big uglies. And I love that pick. We got the best, highest rated tackle. And uh, I just, I'm just really ecstatic, and I hope they continue that philosophy. Right on, Steve. Excellent Thanks, Steve. phone call right there. You believe. You got to have belief. You, football is an emotional game, and yet you've got to always use your brain, and yet you've got to be conflicted. You've got to be driven. You've got to have a philosophy, and you got to believe it. And we saw a little of what Monty Austin Ford believes. We did. And I, now I forget which caller it was that, that said um, tonight's important, too. You got, you got four picks. And you got three in pretty close succession. What is it, between 81 and 96? You got three picks there. That's going to be so cool. So you have a chance to really put your your stamp on this uh, this team in this draft. Let's go out to Armando in Phoenix. Armando, what's going on? What's going on, Wolf and Luke? Wolf, it was awesome to get to meet you yesterday. I got to uh, see you out at the lawn. Um, anyway, I'm super stoked with what Mr. Bidwell did going out and getting a new regime. Um, I thought what Austin Ford did, you know, it was kind of shocking at the beginning whenever we – all heard that news break but I caught another thing um, but ended up just making a great day out of it and protecting Kyler Murray I think is the number one thing right now and then all those other pieces fall in place afterwards is uh, going to come so super stoked with the way it turned out and look forward to this next season Thanks Armando, Armando thank you call. brother God bless you and your family It brings up a, a good point I mean when the season ended last year everybody just wanted change right you want new coach you want new GM everybody wanted change we are this is it. This is what change looks like. Yes. Now you've, you've got a new GM that is doing different things in the draft. You've got a new coach. It's a lot of unknown, but it is different than no matter what. It's going to be different than the way last season ended. What I love is, metaphorically speaking, Monty Fort straddled the dump truck. That's what he did yesterday. Let's hope he continues <laughs> you, to do it. You think you had to say metaphorically speaking before that? Yeah, <laughs> I did. What if he straddled an actual dump truck? <laughs> do your read, Luke. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.